Amen. It it will be wonderful there. And uh, they were uh, up here singing like they were exhausted. Maybe they're all tired. Which it, man, did y'all know something? It's hot out there. Woo! Thank the Lord for air conditioning. It's not hot in here. And uh, thank goodness it's working. A little bit of a uh, departure from the book of 1 Peter. Let's head to Psalms 139. Psalms 139, that's where we will begin uh, tonight. The, as we get started on this particular subject, uh, in Bible study class, in our, in our class earlier, we dealt with the subject of prayers. Hindrance in our class did really good at participation. Hindrances and help. Uh, they gave me seven hindrances to their prayer life and then eight helps to our prayer life. We can always use a stronger prayer life. I want to speak now changing on prayer to prayers that will change your life. Prayers that will change your life. In looking at these short model prayers in Psalm 139, a psalm of David, we're going to read verse 23. Psalm 139 and verse 23. 
Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. This is basically David at the end of this this prayer, and he's praising God. Matter of fact, one of the most famous verses in this passage is verse 14, which says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and are the, thy works that my soul knoweth right well. Uh, in verse 15, he said, My substance was not hid from thee whenever he was made in the secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Really, it had to do with the womb when he was formed there. But then he goes on to say in, and, uh, in verse 23 and 24, and I was, uh, uh, you know, we've had a lot of people in our church that have had cancers and different things like that. And whenever this occurs and whenever all of us have maybe probably had an x-ray of some type and it's pretty amazing, maybe a CAT scan, an MRI, now they have a, another one called a PET scan, positronic emission test or something like that. I'm not sure exactly uh, what it stands for, but it's something to do with that nature. But folks, all of us, we can go to the doctor. You know, and I'll never forget it whenever we got the news that time when Caleb was five years old and the emergency room surgeon came out and said, and he popped a deal up here on the screen and we just finished with the CAT scan and they said, Caleb has a brain bleed and it's located right here. You could have knocked us over with a feather. And, uh, you know, but it was to see that image, to see that inside. But folks, right here, basically... You know, Job said, let me be weighed in an even balance that God may know mine integrity. We, you know, to think about God, what's wrong in my life that I am not walking with you like I should? If this is a prayer that we should pray, we should pray this prayer desperately on our knees tonight. To think about, think about this, search me, O God. And see, back in our text, verse 20, Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, search me, O God, and see if there's anything wrong in my life. I mean, think, that's a prayer. I mean, we can, one of the hindrances to prayers that we mention in Bible study class is that we just go through the motion. Or we have sin in our heart. Or something's wrong. You can pray a prayer. I mean, some of us, I mean, you can, we can be talking to each other and your mind is not present. Okay? You're, you're elsewhere. I've done it. My wife can be looking at me and says, you're not listening to me. You know, and we can do, if folks, if we can do that with each other, we can do that with God. And David is saying here in this text, God, would you, Look inside my life and see, is anything wrong? Something is wrong in my life. Folks, we will not walk with God. Our prayer life will not be right with God until we ask God, the great physician. Matter of fact, what is this uh, part of this chapter is about is God, you know how I'm formed. You, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You, matter of fact, you were doing all that genetic code in the womb whenever it was, I was formed inside the womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Would you take another look inside of me? 
And folks, worse than cancer, worse than anything in the world, would be a sin in our heart. Something is keeping our prayer life from working tonight. That's what it's saying. Search me, O God. Know my heart. In our heart, he's not talking about our blood pumping muscle, is it? What is wrong with my heart whenever your heart aches with sin, when your heart aches with despair, when your heart aches with... And we say, God, heal my broken heart. And you know what? He will. But we've got to go to Him and ask Him to do that. And then it says, He says in verse 23, to know my heart and try me and know my thoughts... There's a verse, you don't have to turn there, in Isaiah 26.3 says, That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I'll never forget one time. Uh, this happened. This is uh, several years ago. And you, y'all know... This this song that we just sang, and y'all were up, the ladies were doing a wonderful job of singing that song. But there's songs that our kids, before they can read, if you bring them to church enough, did you know they'll learn hymns? They'll just learn songs. And they're just listening. And you can learn things by putting a hymn to it. And we were uh, in the car, and this is back whenever I was pastoring in Louisiana. Caleb was about four years old, and uh, I was telling Karen about what a... We were in the minivan, I'll never forget it, going over by the old Pentecostal campground, going over that overpass bridge, and going along that, that road, Hickory Hill Road, I believe it was called, when it was coming up, and I, she was saying she had a horrible day at work. And I was saying that, man, something tore up around the house, and it was just... You know, nothing, I couldn't get it fixed. I was put out. Allie Joe was, you know, no bigger than an ant, and she was back there squalling, making more noise than the Titanic was sinking. And, uh, and then on the very back row of the minivan, Caleb starts singing a hymn. And you'll never guess what hymn he sung. He said, It's me, it's me, O oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. The only spiritual one in the bunch. I mean, she was going on about her day. I was going on about stuff that couldn't be fixed. Allie Joe can't even talk and she's crying and squalling. They can sin before, do y'all know that? They can sin before they can talk. And, uh, because they have a sin nature. And there's Caleb, four or whatever years old. And he's singing a hymn and he has, and he's doing it while he's playing with something else. What did David say? I can't pray. Search me, O God, and see what's wrong in my life. Look in my heart. Look in my thoughts. Look in me. See, and then what does it say? In verse 24, and see if there be any wicked way in me. It, but there's got to be a sin in my life. There's got to be anger, animosity, bitterness, hatred, wickedness. What's wrong in me? God, take it out. 
I talked to our missionary, Joel. Matter of fact, I talked to him right before we came to church tonight. There was some bills that had come in and I said, when are you going to be here? We got to do the Samaritan ministry thing. Get your medical bills taken care of. And I'll never forget when he called me, he said, if I'd have had any confidence in the world in that Belizean surgeon, I would have said, cut it out right now. He was ready to get that tumor out of him. So far, it looks like that it has been contained and all of it went out with that kidney. Wouldn't that be great if a hindrance to prayer life being removed was that easy? But it's hard to cut out pride. It's hard to cut out sinfulness. It's hard to cut out hatred. It's hard to cut out bitterness. It's hard to cut out uh, just sin. So that's, that's prayer right there. If you prayed those two verses, you would pray a powerful prayer life. Head now to Exodus. This is a very short prayer. This is a prayer, though, that will change your life if you'll pray it. Exodus 33 and verse 18. Exodus 33 and verse 18, it's very short. And this is Moses praying to God. And he simply says... I beseech or I beg of you, show me thy glory. And if you, matter of fact, this is the very famous part where he says, you know, I, I can't, I, basically what he's asking is, I need to see you now. And he said in verse 19, I will make all my goodness pass before thee and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and show mercy on whom I will show mercy. He said in verse 20, you cannot see my face for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me and thou shalt stand upon a rock and it shall come to pass when my glory passeth by and the glory basically here put a synonym there. When my presence passes by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock and cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And when I go by, verse 23 says, I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. You know what this prayer is? When, when Moses prayed here and then you have all that explanation from God, all that scene, what a scene though. What a scene. And that's a prayer. You know what this prayer, this is a a desperate prayer. The first one is a prayer to say, God, there's something wrong inside of me. There's something that I I need you to look at me like a doctor, Lord, and remove what's wrong in me. This is a prayer that's a man that's been talking with God. But you know what? He had just come down from the mountain. And when Moses came down from the mountain, guess what happened? He come down there and all the people were acting foolish and acting a fool and created this. And they said, well, we just took off our jewelry and threw it in the fire and out popped this golden calf. I can't believe it. That's what Aaron said. Just boom, it popped out. And Moses is man. And he throws down. I can just see him. He throws down. He throws down those rock, those uh, tablets and he breaks them. And he's saying, I've had enough. He's desperate. 
This, these people are driving me crazy, God. He says, I need you right now. When he says, show me, in the King James Bible, it says, show me thy glory. He's saying, I need you to show up right now. And you know how I know that and how you can know that? Because what God, how'd God respond to him? I wish I could, but you're in a sinful body. And I'm a holy God. And if I do this, if I do this with no veil, every time God appeared to Moses, it was always through some sort of veil. It was a veil of smoke, a veil of fire, a veil of something. And just standing in God's presence, the Bible says Moses' face shone and reflected God's glory just from being near him. He says, I, I can't, we can't meet face to face yet because you're still in a sinful body. When he says, show me thy glory, you know what that is? That's saying, that's somebody, and folks, there may be here somebody tonight that's saying that you're at the end of your rope. You've, you've, you're just, you're just, uh, you don't know which way to turn. You don't know what the answer is. And you just say, God, I need you. Folks, let me tell you right now. Unless you're just stocked full of pride, there's nothing wrong with saying, God, I need you in my life more than anything. I'm desperate for you. As a matter of fact, there's something wrong if we don't say, I'm, I'm not really desperate. Desperate's a little strong word, Brother Michael. Well, folks, I don't think it's strong enough. He was a despairing man. Show me thy glory. Folks, he put him in the cleft of the rock. The cleft is Jesus and the hand is God. It's God's hand. The next one, it's a prayer of a man. A very famous prayer after another worshipful scene. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 6. Matter of fact, uh, before I leave Exodus, and you can go ahead and head to Isaiah 6, but... Exodus 34 talks about uh, Moses' face glowing. That's pretty cool. Matter of fact, it says it glowed till the day he died. That's Exodus 34, 29 through 35. But <clears throat> head now to Isaiah 6. A very short. All these have been short prayers. What was the first one? Search me, O God. What was the next one? Show me thy glory. And this next one by Isaiah Pretty short also. In verses 1 through 7, God opens the windows of heaven and lets Isaiah look inside of heaven. And he saw the scene up in heaven, the throne of God, the seraphims round about the throne with six wings, crying, holy, holy, holy. So a great worshipful scene. And then he hears God's voice in verse 8, Isaiah 6, 8. And God asked this question, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then Isaiah, you know, prayer is just talking to God. This is a prayer. Isaiah is seeing this vision. He's seeing heaven. He hears God's voice and then he talks to God. 
And what does he say? Here am I. Send me. You know, if this man, this man is a, is a delivered man, and he's wanting to be sent, he's wanting to be used. Basically, what if your prayer tonight is, you know, the first one is saying, is there anything wrong in me? The next one is saying, I'm desperate. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm, I'm sick and tired. Life has got me mashed down flatter than a tadpole's tail. I don't know which way to turn. And here is a man, Isaiah's a man who's, in, he's revived. He's ready. Folks, if you've seen God's throne, you better be in revival. If you've seen the presence of God, that's being in revival. Man, God's awesome. He's great. In the song the lady sang, what was it? 31. Won't it be wonderful there? I mean, think if that, won't it be wonderful there if that doesn't get us excited? Something's wrong. Isaiah gets a glimpse. He gets a little picture of heaven and he says, okay, man, that's motivation. Think about it. What if God just said right now, would you like a peek? Would you like a glimpse into heaven right now? What about a 30 second snapshot? God just say, I'm going to open the windows of heaven, let you take a peek in and see what heaven's all about. Would you tell anybody about it? And you know what Isaiah said? When it, because what did God say to him while he's looking? While he's looking, he said, who will go for me? Who will say something for me? What did Isaiah say? <clears throat> How much is it going to pay? Uh, what position? Wait a second. Uh, Joy, I want to help in Sunday school, I mean, uh, vacation Bible school, but only if I can have such and such class. Let me put some, before I volunteer, let me put some stipulations on it. I would love to teach, I'd love to help, but only if I get to do this. Only if I get to, Isaiah didn't say any of that, did he? He said, what? Here am I. Send me. You get it? In other words, saying, just saying, God, what, I mean, think about it. If you say this prayer, if you say that prayer right there, you're relinquishing all control. That's a prayer. God, here am I. Hold on now. Most of us don't have the guts to pray that prayer and mean it. Whatever you want. But... See, that's, it, just, it just happens, doesn't it? Whatever you want. Here am I. Send me. May God open our heart tonight. The last prayer is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 14. Book of Matthew chapter 14. This is another prayer. What's the name of my message? Prayers that will change your life. If you'll pray them. Most of us don't have the the fortitude to pray these prayers. And I'm in there with you. It's hard to let go. It's hard to say, God, if you, if you take this out of my life, it's going to change me. Maybe it needs to be taken in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 30. Peter cried out to Jesus. 
And he said, Lord, save me. I'll never forget, it was 2002, Chattanooga, Tennessee. We were in a church van headed back from National ABA meeting on Interstate 20, just the other side of Jackson. In front of us was a, a late 80-something-year model Chevrolet S10 pickup. All of a sudden, the back axle came out from under that truck. I don't know how. And it started rolling. Something tore loose on that thing. Whatever it was, and that thing went to rolling. We jumped out. I was with my sister-in-law. Matter of fact, it was me and Karen, Mike and Kim, and Cindy and Jason. When we got up there... It's backed up traffic for over 20 miles on Interstate 20. We got up there and we found out later this young man who was unconscious at that time, his name, he was just smeared into the asphalt, the concrete. We found out his name was Nathan later on. When we got there, I started talking to uh, Kim. I said, uh, we started trying to assess his condition and he stopped breathing. And they said, and there was a crowd around then that wasn't doing anything. And they said, well, I said, he stopped breathing. I started doing some finger sweeps and that wasn't pretty. And uh, and it still wasn't. They said, if we move him, we're going to snap his neck. Because, I mean, it was pretty contorted. And uh, Kim looked at me and she said, Michael, he's about to die. We've got to move him. You can't leave him right like this. We rolled him over. We started CPR. All of a sudden, his airway cleared. Everybody was saying, don't move him, don't move him. It's going to hurt. He's going going to die anyway. He went from red to blue to gray to whatever other color it was. And he was dying. And he lived. And uh, Kim corresponded with him for months. and re- Not him, but his mom. Because he was a young man. And she wrote back and she put this on the bottom of one of those little letters. Or is an email or a letter, I forget which. This is O2. And she put, thank you, Nathan was worth saving. When Peter cried out, Lord, save me. When you cried out to Jesus and you say, Lord, save me. This, this right here, I know that's not for physical, I mean for spiritual salvation. He's crying out for his physical salvation right there in Matthew 14. But folks, there's nothing wrong crying out saying, God, help me. I need you to help me right now. You are worth saving. God has a desire and a plan for your life. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, 
whatever the Lord may be laying upon your heart tonight. Don't go away tonight without having the courage to pray one of these prayers. Father, as we bow before You, thank You for a church that cares. I thank You that You provided us a way to beyond measure to serve You. If there's somebody here tonight that's in need of Your guiding hand to look inside their heart and their mind and see what might be wrong to be desperate enough to call upon You tonight. And we let go of sin, of pride, of any hindrance that may be keeping us from serving You and having the right kind of prayer life. Help us to live for You beyond measure and to be courageous enough. In Jesus' name, Amen.